Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
Where do we begin? We thank you. We praise you. We thank you, Father. We don't understand why we were chosen for the days that we're in right now. And we certainly do not understand why the cycle of struggle that we have to go through, um, we have to go through. We don't understand all of these things, but we're part of it. And and as part of it, we want to be able to understand the hows and the whys and the whats and all that. And But yet we just have to learn to accept and give you praise and follow the instructions that you have given us in your word. And we will. And we shall. And we shall overcome because we have you and we have our Lord Jesus there. We know this not only because we have the hope and the faith and 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 the um, absolute uh, dedication to the word and knowing that it is true and it's a part of our life, but we see the evidence of that throughout our entire lives in many cases, going back to even when we were children. And... Um, why in the world would we think anything else um, other than the fact that, you know, we're just in a more challenging period of the Earth's existence? Um, certainly, I would argue, uh, the last remnant of the Earth's existence uh, comparatively. And um, and uh, and we just thank you, Father. We, we, we pray that you will anoint us in the name of Jesus with a special anointing that will help each of us be able to endure in such a manner that we're able to be joyous and dance through the storms that we are presented with on a regular basis. Um, the ups and the downs and the struggles and the surprises and the uh, complete, the utter uncertainty that it surrounds many of us. Uh, and I, my assumption would have to be, based upon the scripture, that we should be full of thanks, thanksgiving, uh, that we have been selected to be in such an uncertain situation. It feels uncomfortable, and it certainly, that discomfort certainly is in alignment with your word and the admonishments and encouragement that goes with the word, helping us to understand that we are not to be worried, we are not to be anxious, we are not to be troubled by any of these things, but to be full of joy and faith, understanding and seeing things through eternal eyes in such a way that really we realize that the things that we see around us are, well, not only are they part of a really a hologram of some type and far beyond our understanding, but inconsequential in the grand scheme of all of eternity and the opportunities that you have laid before us, the inheritance and rewards that are uh, laid at our feet. Even though we haven't walked a perfect life, we praise you, Father, for your incredible loving kindness. We thank you, Father, for the rejuvenating uh, um, anointing uh, is the only word I can think of uh, that allows us to be able to get back up the next day get, and, and to have hope, to be able to maintain and hold on and grasp onto hope uh, that, that, that in some cases is hoping for big, big things, uh, you know, healings and changes in our life, changes in our families, uh, or littler things, you know, things like um, getting in better physical condition, being able to feel better, uh, having uh, more energy, and, and, and just, you know, our so many different things that we, we are wishing and hoping for as we continue this journey in a seemingly endless endless uh, path that um, 
is wrought with all sorts of challenges and, and rocks and bumps and uh, you know it, it, we know Father that you're making our path straight we can't we can't even imagine Father we can't even imagine what our paths would be like if we didn't at least try as hard as we can to trust you so that you would make our paths straight and that we would be able to have some semblance of peace uh, in the midst of all of the turmoil. But, Father, you know what? We thank you for the um, story in the Scripture about Paul and the thorn in the flesh. We praise you for that, helping us to understand that even the Apostle Paul needed to have that thorn in the flesh, that those demons that were allowed to buffet him were there to keep him literally on his knees and close to you. And there is no doubt in my own personal mind, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't try to suggest or push this upon anybody else in their walk, but I can certainly embrace in my heart that, um, that the challenges that I have in my life, uh, which are plentiful, are um, certainly some form of a thorn in the flesh in a manner that um, without them, I may be, maybe I have some inclinations that I am unaware of, and that you know about them, like you did with Paul, and that you you, you know, like he said, lest lest he would, you know, see himself, you know, essentially magnified above others or whatever, you know, and be prideful, uh, you gave him that thorn in the flesh. And we praise you for our own thorns in the flesh. We thank you for the things that are in our lives that bring us to a place of peace, which we can find no other no other place on earth, no other place, no matter what we go, no matter what we think, no matter where we, no matter what, uh, we cannot find that peace unless we are seeking you in praise and prayer and worship in uh, for me, in the dark, before there's any noise or any sounds outside, that I'm able to close my eyes and be in that secret place of the Most High and be able to uh, bathe in it literally submerse myself in that peace and be bathed under under it all and just filled with with your presence ever surrounding me and um and and it is indeed for me clearly uh the only place that i have true peace and i praise you for that father because i want to be in the place that you want me to be in even though i'm uh, uh befuddled struggle with you know why the con- there has to be a constant uh constant, constant battle. Maybe I'm just a bonehead. Maybe I'm just one of those people that needs to have that constant uh, pressure coming in from above or or constant change dynamics in my walk that, that make me feel fantastically uncomfortable. Uh, but and, and without that, perhaps I would fall into a, a, a place of disharmony uh, in my walk with you, and that would certainly not be where I would want to be, given how close we we must be to the barley harvest. And for that, I give you all the praise. I thank you, Father God, for helping us, each and every one of us, to be able to see things as best as we can in our growth uh, through eternal eyes and understand that um, all these things do work out together for the good of those who love you. 
and um, and and are called according to your purpose. And Father, we just we do love you. We do praise you. We do thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for all of the creature comforts that you have allowed uh, many of us to still continue to hold on to. Uh, we pray that they are never uh, an idol. That they never come before our desire to serve you. That we recognize that at any given time we may have to allow them to all go away and just let them go, uh, and um, and be okay with that. And if that requires conditioning, we surrender ourselves, Father, into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we praise you for it, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to serve you. We thank you for the electronics that was um, that couldn't be afforded, uh, the radio show and all of the supporting equipment that could not be afforded, could not ex- even exist uh, if it wasn't for your generosity and kindness uh, in a time of turmoil where so many people are finding themselves just in the worst possible situation they could have ever imagined, uh, many of which, if not the vast majority of which, we have no idea that those things are happening to. Um, and we, we just thank you, Father, and we praise you for every opportunity we have, because as the Scripture says, there will come a day when no man can work. And I pray in Jesus' name that not one of us that are in this, uh, that are participating in this prayer vigil, Father God, would be a part of that day. I pray in the name of Jesus that we will all be gone from this evil, evil, seeding evil planet uh, long, long before that day comes when no man can work. Uh, we know that we are in all on the precipice of, and certainly, I don't know, at the entry point, uh, how far into the entry point, we, there's no possible way to even venture a guess, uh, of the third seal and the global financial collapse. All of the pieces of the puzzle are in place. Uh, everything is queued up, uh, teed up, however you want to put it, for World War Three. We see it. We see it. We're living it. Um, we're having conversations. We're touching other people's lives. Many of us are. Some of us are maybe more or less. Um, but but and we're, and we praise you for our visibility into these things because if it wasn't for that visibility, not only could we not witness and glorify your name, but at the same time we would be so utterly ill prepared for the things that are about to happen. Like so many in churchianity that are just kind of coasting along and in uh, what they may perceive as a somewhat uncertain world, uh, but. At the same time, Father, we have been given a gift, uh, although it is a gift of a kind of a treasure map that is loaded with all kinds of pitfalls, almost like uh, you know, uh, you know, like a like a movie where in order for us to be able to get capture the prize, uh, we have to you know fight our way past all kinds of horrible monsters and uh, and and treacherous valleys and 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 terrain and and mountains and rock falls and glaciers and things that will you know just find their way into our path yet uh, and 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 which all ultimately lead us to where we ought to be continuously and that is trusting in you and looking for you to speak in the, our ear so that we will hear you in our ear behind us saying this is the way walk in it whenever you turn to the left hand or whenever you turn to the right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We praise you for everything. And let us never, ever lose sight. Let us never especially lose sight uh, uh, in in such a way that would cause us um, to you know, not qualify uh, for the barley harvest. Um, I don't want to consider it. 
I don't want to think about it. I don't want, uh, and I pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, every, you know I do, for every single listener of this program, for years and years and years, and so many hundreds of other people, Father, that, that not only will they be saved, but even more so those of us who are currently worshiping you and, and striving to uh, um, remain as long as we possibly can throughout the day uh, in that secret place of the Most High, Looking forward to the time that we do have alone with you in prayer and feeling that peace rush come upon us. We praise you for that, Father, and we thank you because without it, I don't know, I, I, don't, I couldn't deal with it. I, I mean, you know that already, Psalm 139. You know that already about me. I, I could not deal with it. I, I would certainly be hospitalized. There's no question about it um, because the intensity of the stress would be, it would be stroke material. I would certainly not, you know, it would eventually erode my health to a point where uh, at my current age, I would not be able to, you know, continue. Uh, and, um, and it has to be your holy hand that's keeping me going because I, I already know that. It has to be, um, and um, and I just want to say thank you. Um, that even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes, Father, and I, I would say more often than not, I'd say nine out of ten days, uh, maybe more. Um, that uh, it, it it Isaiah forty thirty one doesn't seem like a reality. You know, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and walk and not faint. And I don't feel like that most of the time. I, I, and maybe, maybe that scripture is meant to stretch across long, long periods of time, many, many months, three months, four months, five months, as we struggle through the various trials and tribulations and difficulties uh, that you lay before us and allow to enter our lives as that thorn in the flesh that keeps us where we need to be, that we are constantly seeking your helping hand your anointing, and the help of the angels, uh, and which also drives us to when we're seeking you for that assistance and through spiritual warfare also brings us to a place where we're praying for our fellow brothers and sisters, which we should be as often as we possibly can uh, in our walk, uh, you know, throughout the week. And we just give you all the praise and honor and glory forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Tonight is January the 20th of 2023, which is, uh, and again, I'm having, I'm struggling reading this particular calendar because it just doesn't present things as friendly as the other one. Uh, but um, it appears to be something of Tevet, which it doesn't have. Uh, uh, Tevet Shavat. What is that? I don't understand it. So I'm going to try to open up this particular calendar. And, of course, it's not going to cooperate with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, there it goes. It, it just plumb left it completely off. So, again, it's the 10th of Tevet, okay, in the year 5783. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the time now is 7.19 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And it couldn't turn more and more and more into Babylon the Great, more horrifically, fast enough to make me happy, quite honestly. If I'm going to have to go through hard times, Father, I don't know if everybody that, that is praying with us now agrees with this. I know that I, I have members of my family that clearly and emphatically disagree with me. 
They do not want to go through hard times. They they want to pray them away. Um, they are, you know, for various reasons. Some of them are very aged, uh, entering into their 80s, and they just want peace. They just want pain-free daily food, uh, happiness in their homes, and they just want to live the rest of their lives, you know, without having to deal with anything challenging. Um, Father, as you know, I feel absolutely the opposite. If I've got to go through it, obviously it looks like I do. Well, then I, the faster it comes, the better. I want to rip it off like a Band-Aid. Um, but, you know, I can see clearly that you are not in a hurry. So whatever it is that is your will, Father, we submit to it. We praise you for it. And we, all we ask is that you will help us to be able to navigate the ambiguity, the, 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 the things that, would, that any normal human would have fear over, anxiety over, worry over. Any normal one would have fantastic, intense insomnia, which, by the way, we know people are uh, unfortunately committing suicide at record levels right now. Um, the, the list, oh, and the millions that are dying, ultimately, I don't know if, if there's a proper count on a worldwide scale yet, but certainly... My best guess would be that by now, probably multiple millions have died from the, and continue to die on a daily basis uh, from the um, onslaught, the, the slaughter, the eugenics slaughter that is being allowed to continue forward through the bioweapon attack against mankind. So we are clearly in a period that is now Psalm 91. And I could, I would, I would have been a, a a dirty fibber if I would have said that in 2019. I didn't see it, and I was right for not seeing it because it it didn't exist. There were certainly and always will be parts of the earth where it appears to them because they're in a tiny little pocket. They're in a tiny little country amidst hundreds of countries, and they happen to be going through persecution. There ha- there's you know, children running through the streets with machine guns in their hands and, and just horrible, horrible things happening in their part of the world. But never before have any, has any Christian ever seen what we're seeing unfolding right now. We are clearly in the midst of Psalm 91 as we speak. I believe we are clearly in the midst of the second seal and the third seal as they unfold. And we are certainly in a global situation whereby all everything is being set up for World War III without hesitation, without any debate. It is all in place. There is very few out there that are aware to what is happening on a global level that would suggest otherwise. They may not wish to believe it, they might like to see it as a cycle. That's a completely understandable position to take. For us, we want to rip the Band-Aid off, Father, and we really wish in Jesus' name, if it is at all possible, that, that you could accelerate these things, that you could accelerate through our prayers, through the prayers of other saints all over the world, that through the missionaries that are working out there like Sammy Mwangi, 
that you would accelerate the fullness of the Gentiles being brought in. That also, Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you if it is at all possible. It may not be part of your will, and we may we may be praying outside of your will. And if so, then we would expect you to answer no. But we are certainly going to ask, if it is at all possible, Father, that not only would you accelerate the things that are happening across the world, since we already know we're going to have to go through some percentage, some noteworthy percentage of them, that you would accelerate them in a manner that it's like ripping off a Band-Aid that we can just get it over with, that our suffering would be minimized. Unless your master plan, your great plan, is that we would have to go through more of it in order to be instrumental in helping others, uh, even baby Christians or mediocre Christians, to be able to see that this is indeed the end time and nudge them, push them out of the pews into a place where they are closer, if not fully ready, or made fully ready, to depart uh, as early as possible because we wouldn't wish uh, the day of the Lord upon any of them now that we know what we do know. And we just thank you for that, and we praise you, Father. And tonight, together, we light the Sabbath candles. I like to light three, one for the Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. One for the Son. And one for the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Yeah, I'm at a weird time right now. Thank you, Jesus. Where it's just so, um, as I mentioned on the last program, to I have learned for what it's worth, and I don't know what it's worth. Because to me, I, you know, I guess it's kind of worth a lot. Now, uh, being chastened by the Lord, which I don't see this as my, I see it more of more as a thorn in the flesh. In other words, Paul ha- Paul wasn't happy. Paul. So if you look at the the, the Bible story uh, associated with Paul's thorn in the flesh, he, he was. Why did he even write about it if he knew about it already? You know what I mean? You know, if it was something that he had already had the conversation with the Lord, he'd already prayed and sought the Lord multiple times over it. He already knew that it was his destiny, and it wasn't going to never go away, okay? Um, and, you, and, you know, but he took the time to put it in an, in an epistle. He took the time to write about it for a reason, and the only reason that I can think of is that he needed to let other people know that they're probably going to go through similar things. Now, what if, now Paul's thorn in the flesh was that he was being buffeted by demons on a regular basis, but one of the things that we've I've never asked myself is how many different really bad things did Paul have to go through in his ministry over those how many years do you think it was because he dis- he, he he left he, he kind of went out of town for a while for about 11, well for 11 years is my understanding um nobody actually knows in detail what happened to him or what he had to go through in those 11 years wow what I I would love to know that. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Um, That one thing that that seems to indicate to me through just common sense deduction, I could be wrong, uh, is that God had to prepare him. You know, whoever Paul was, uh, you know, on the road to Aramaeus and the whole thing that happened to him with Jesus, um, the, you know, or, or I'm sorry, I got, you know, but I got the pieces mixed up a little bit. But my point is this. Whatever happened to Paul during those 11 years, the it had to be huge. And why was it 11 years? 
Okay. Um, and, and, and why did it take so long? What was it about him and how many lessons did he need to learn? And what were those lessons? And then to even come back from that in, and have to deal with this thorn in the flesh. Now, now, it would be one thing if Paul said, my, I have this thorn in the flesh, and it's, uh, you know, having to work a job where I live every day wondering if they're going to fire me. And being okay with it. Being okay with losing my house, being okay with this, being okay with that, you know, whatever the case may be. That would be an event. That's different than having demons that are being allowed by God to constantly be punching you out, buffeting you. Bam, 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 bam. And every time one of those demons would buffet, punch out, Paul, okay, you'd have to ask the question, what happened? What was that event? So let's say on Monday the demons buffet Paul. Boom, boom, boom. They, they go after him and something bad happens. A bunch of robbers jump out from behind a tree and just beat him up. But we know that a lot of bad things, a lot of, Paul went through a lot of stuff. You know, I don't think the scripture does uh, justice to all the suffering, trials, tribulations, beatings, and things that Paul had to endure in his journeys from one church to another. Um, you know, he certainly hints around about it an awful lot. Uh, he, but, but, you know, and he uses it as an example, holding himself up as an example of what an apostle such as himself would have to go through to juxtapose it, to contrast it to the lifestyles, for examples, of, of, the, uh, of the Church of Corinth. Right? Amen? So, and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to go on a hunting trip because I don't have things queued up, but, you know, most of us are probably aware that there's the passage in the Bible where Paul says, you know, we are beaten, we are hungry, we are dirty, we are this, you are this, and you are that, and you are well fed, and you are well taken care of, and we are this, and we are that. You know, he, he, the interesting takeaway from that scripture is that he didn't really appear to be spanking the Church of Corinth so much in that particular passage, as much as he was setting himself up as an example, he and his fellow ministers of Christ that were on the road, um, uh, to hold themselves up as an example of what any Christian might have to go through if they were serving God at the level of intensity that he was. Then you take that, which is pretty horrific to me. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, can you imagine how dirty, how filthy, sleeping outside, no place, no dwelling place? He, you know, he isn't hanging out at the Marriott as he's going from town to town. You know, when he was with Epaphroditus, the guy almost died. He was bawling in tears. So evidently, do you think Paul hesitated to go over to Epaphroditus and lay his hands and say, in the mighty name of Jesus, be healed? Be healed in Jesus' name. But Epaphroditus was not healed. Paul cried. He was like, oh, God, oh, my friend Epaphroditus. You know, he thought he was going to die. This is this is in the beginning, uh, the first couple of uh, paragraphs, I think, of uh, in Philippians, I believe. Um, but but anyway, think about that. And can you imagine that it's probably only one of like five thousand events that Paul had to suffer through? 
that we're all part of that thorn-in-the-flesh package of fun? Can you imagine? So when we look at our portfolio, our big, gigantic, bulging list of never-ending stuff, negative, challenging things that we have to go through, whatever they may be, whatever your package might have in it, whatever trials and tribulations that you might be going through. Imagine what it must be like for Paul to to package, to, to put into words that he's being attacked by demons on a regular basis. And he just went to God and said, come on, man, cut me a break. Cut me a break. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Deal with it. And why someone who got taken away for 11 years to be obviously pre-trained up somehow, some kind of an 11-year boot camp to prepare him for what he had to go through. And then on top of that, he still got the thorn in the flesh. On top of that, he still got so many beatings and everything else under the sun. I mean, we have no idea. We really don't. It's not all written down. It isn't. It's not all in our Bible, clearly. And here we are dealing with the things that we're dealing with that seem torturous in many ways. Um, some more, more and some less, clearly. There's no doubt about that. And if you're one of the less, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I don't know why you would be less. You know, I mean, getting beaten less. I don't know why. God knows. He knows the beginning from the end. Um, I'm supposed to be happy to have my thorn in the flesh. Paul certainly gave his reason that God, you know, God said, you know, my grace is sufficient. But he knew, he he knew that it was so that he would not exalt himself higher than he was, you know, sh- should have been, because he said so. So we have a complete story, but what we don't have is a listing of all of the beatings, all of the times that he was robbed, all of the times that he was left on the side of the road. Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, how could we ever imagine? How many times did Paul sleep in the mud while it was pouring down rain, freezing while it was snowing? completely homeless, is there about the Apostle Paul's life that you can think of? Because I can't. What is there about the Apostle Paul's life that is anything other than what you would anticipate any given homeless person to go through? I mean, mean just at, at face value. What he looked like, what he went through, where he slept, and the only exception was that when he arrived, eventually, after many, many, many days' journey, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine how long it would take to walk all the way from Jerusalem to, like, you know, Rome. But ask yourself that question. The only delta, the only difference is that he had a destiny. I would assume he probably, most of the time, but not all the time, had a destination, and that destination had other believers there that would give him a meal. Let him, you know, shower up a little bit. 
maybe have some people wash whatever clothes he might have had, all three or four pieces, maybe slightly more, in a little duffel bag. I mean, I don't really think we get it. I, I, I really don't think we do. I know I don't. I, I, I mean, if you do, God bless you. Wow, you are anointed. Hallelujah. But I don't. I admit it straight up. I do not get it. I dread, dread the idea of being homeless. I guess that's probably why I have a soft spot in my heart and keep on getting more and more thorns in my flesh by inviting homeless people over to my house to help me do stuff around the house because they come, their baggage comes with them. I'm not going to get into picking on them and saying they do this and they do that. There's a big old list of things that then many times when I regret, you know, having that soft spot in my heart because it, comes there's ne- lots of negative 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 things that come with it it's not trouble free you know and as you know so you can you know you can pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a certified contractor with all kinds of letters after their name and everything like that uh and sometimes you get blessed like I did with the plumber and the hot water heater praise god who turned out to be a preacher but you know um anyway but most people that are homeless today, they got serious um, substance abuse problems. Now, I'm not saying they come over to the house, you know, with a big old bottle of whiskey under their arms or anything like that, because I wouldn't allow that. But I'm just saying, um, uh, you know, you can tell they're in pretty bad shape sometimes. You know, the, like the other day, I had one of them come over, and supposedly he had just got out of rehab, and I was like think, thinking to myself, wow, you really look good. I, I wondered what happened to you, and um, he's like, well, I could really use a little bit of work, and I said, okay, and, and he came over to the house, and supposedly was supposed to take up and clean up my whole backyard and get that all looking, you know, in order, and um, uh, five, six, seven hours went by, and I didn't see any he wasn't i have security cameras all over my house i couldn't find him i couldn't find him and then when i finally did i i oh yeah i don't it was over a text messenger or something and i of course i'm in the middle of a meeting at the time so it was fantastically irritating that he finally does respond and then it's you know at the worst possible time and then it turns out he did nothing nothing and he was slurring his speech really bad and i'm thinking to myself why did you come here? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's mind chattering. But anyway, um, but, but Paul, think about Paul. None of that. None of the other baggage. But still, nevertheless, living, he had to have lived the life most of the time. Is it? I don't know. I don't. The, the scripture doesn't seem to reveal to me when I read it. I don't know. Maybe you see stuff that I don't see. That would be normal for one Christian to see things that another Christian doesn't. That would be absolutely normal. But I cannot recall, honestly, any information that helps a person piece together whether Paul spent the majority of his time walking through, walking down dirt roads to new places or places that weren't new that he was revisiting. Did he spend more time in that situation or did he hang out at the gatherings of the saints at the, you know, the, you know, the church of Philippi or whatever the case is for like a long time. Did he stay there for years? Hang out 
you know, with with the church, you know, with the, Thess- the Church of Thessalonica? Did he stay there for years? You know, I get the feeling sometimes when I when I read the um, the epistles, I don't really, but it could be just an impression. I don't get the impression that he stayed there an awful long time. I just don't. I I I, I might maybe I'm missing something. It seemed like he was more on the road than anything else. And if that be true, then that means he was truly homeless almost all the time. I wonder where he got where they got their food from. Do you ever wonder about that? If it took them, you know that you know the Bible likes to use terms like oh, it takes a, it's a three Sabbath day walk, you know, to indicate you know three weeks to to walk from here to there. But they're usually talking about a journey from uh, down a road from one town in you know in Israel to another town or another part of Israel. But Paul was like going to Asia Minor and going up and dealing with the Greeks and stuff in Rome in that area. Uh, that that had to be that that wasn't two or three Sabbath day journeys. That was a long way. That's a lot. A lot of. Man, I, I mean, let's say it took um, two months to go from. I would I would assume. I mean, if he's really hauling and he has, you know, a, a burrow that he's riding, uh, you know, and the whole team. And does everybody have a burrow? They certainly don't have. I, I, I can't imagine. Maybe they make. Did they have tents? I just don't know. It, it, scripture seems to be devoid of the details associated with the journeys between the various churches as, the, as they were moving about and witnessing to people and touching people's lives. But by far, Paul had the worst job of all, no doubt. The bigger, he covered much more area than the rest of them did. Absolutely no doubt about it. As a homeless person, a dumpster diver. Although, I'm sure they didn't have dumpsters back then. I just don't know where he'd get his food from most of the time. Unless they just had, like, trees, fig trees all over the place or whatever. So they could just pull, you know, stuff off the trees. I don't know. But it, but I dread the very I, – I, I dread it. That That, to me, would be a very, very difficult transition. I would probably be like, Father, what have I done to deserve this? Father, you know, um, what, you know, why hast thou forsaken me kind of thing? Would you feel like that? Look where you are. What temperature is the room? If you're in some sort of a medical facility being taken care of, how comfortable is it? Are there snakes crawling around you as you sleep? Are you wondering where your next meal is coming from? These are the kinds of things that I wonder about. So I guess really when it comes right down to it, my personal thorn in the flesh in a, in the hill of beans. It's diverse. It's loaded with all kinds of interesting problems uh, of so many different varieties, all of them with, you know, that that ever looming possibility that everything could fall apart and the World Economic Forum could get its way and I'd be wandering through the streets and scooped up and put in a FEMA camp. 
But according to the prophecies, dreams, and visions, and uh, Andy, uh, is it Andy Hicks? Is that the one, or was it uh, Armin Wolf? I can't remember, but according to one of those, the, those who make the barley harvest aren't going to have to go into the FEMA camps. And those who are part of the final harvest, the wheat harvest, um, they, um, if they live, okay, past the cataclysms and such, um, they will be able to go into the FEMA camps, but they'll be partially transformed into light beings, and the guards and the bullets and the things, none of that will have an effect on them. They will be supernaturally empowered like X-Men to not be affected by any of that nonsense, that earthly stuff. But they'd be able to go in at, at, the, at the maximum annoyance of the guards and the entities that were manning those facilities. They wouldn't be stoppable. The entities that would be manning those facilities would not be able to do a darn thing about it. And they could go in and witness and talk about Jesus all they wanted to do. I think that was the Armin Wolf prophecy. I'm pretty sure. Could have been. I don't know. I got so many of them collected. But I don't know. Praise God. It helps me. I don't know about you, praise Jesus, but it definitely helps me to try to get things into perspective a little bit. So wherever you are in your walk, whatever you're dealing with, whatever concerns or worries, whatever hill or battle you've just fought and gotten over, maybe, praise God for that, always remember Paul. I wonder what he felt like when he was leaving any given church. I wonder if they sent him off with a nice uh, dinner, you know, and he, he ate really well. Um, they gave him a, a you know a bunch of bunch of cash, you know, for his money bags, you know, to hold him over for a while. Um, you know, makes me wonder what he must have felt like. You know, he knew he had to do it. He knew it was part of his job for Jesus as a prisoner of Christ. How much? Do we know what our jobs are? And how much are we waiting for somebody to push us out the front door? Or are we doing it, you know, what are we doing? We should always be wondering to ourselves what we can do, what we could have done, and what God might have for us. Always remembering that perhaps there's, you know, a comfort penalty to be paid. How old do you think Paul was when he went through all that stuff? How many decades? Wow. I mean, really, when you think of, I mean, for myself, it's it's humil it's I don't want to say it's humbling, not humiliating, but humbling to. And almost, it's scary, it's chilling. It's really, it's like, oh, chilling to think that the stuff that I've gone through over the last, well, by, by July uh, of this year, um, I'll be 61, and it will have been 12 years of doing this program. And then another probably, I don't know, two more years of just the web, the website. Um and I think to myself, wow, how does that compare to Paul? I mean, really, in, for, I mean, in all honesty, I live in incredible uh, luxury 
by any stretch of the imagination. Granted, there's some negative attributes associated with the daily existence, no doubt about that. But really, in the grand scheme of things, if somebody came up and said, hey, buddy, here's a knapsack and 50 bucks, uh, you know, why don't you walk across the state of Florida, the Fort Lauderdale at all? You know, I mean, how long does it take to walk from Tampa to Fort Lauderdale? It's like a five-hour drive at 65 miles an hour. How long would that be on foot? Pretty long time. Here's 50 bucks in a knapsack. See you over in Fort Lauderdale. You know, I mean, it, it's just very difficult, and then not even knowing where you're going to end up. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I don't know if I'll ever get rid of every little bit of this cough, but anyway, I'm always hoping. It seems less and less every week. But anyway, praise God, uh, wow, when you put things in perspective, I don't even want to consider some of the stuff that I know people went through. Things that Paul didn't go through, by the way. They're spoken of in various parts of the New Testament, and they're certainly all over the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Christians being sawed in half, all kinds of horrible things. Um, and, and really, for hundreds of years, the persecution that went on, even beyond the pages of the Fox's Book of Martyrs, um, that are captured in some cases in a few movies that have been made over the years, but really only a tiny percentage of of it. Just hard to hard to imagine being in the situation that the underground church in North Korea is in right now. I mean, it's bad enough to imagine what it's like to what it must be like to be, be living in uh, Nigeria or wherever in Africa, where the vast majority of the ruling population is. Um, Sharia Muslim, and they uh, want to slaughter you. I mean, painfully and agonizingly slaughter. And to them, it's not good enough to just kill you. They want to see you burn. Or to be subject to the same, you know, to the stuff that, that, that the, uh, like I said, the underground church in North Korea. I mean, really, when you kind of think about it, the horrific things that the Chinese Christians have to be subject to watching their churches be mowed over with giant equipment, you know, um, backhoes, bulldozers, uh, you know, crosses being ripped off the top of them while they're standing outside of their churches, bawling in groups, crying. When you think about it, compared to the to the, to the persecution of the Christians in, in Africa, in many places in Africa, they they got it good. They still get to go home and sleep in their bed. They still get to go home and have a meal. They're not getting bit all over their body by red ants because they're sleeping in the middle of a hill, out you know, in, you know, in the wilderness, or being thrown into the dungeon uh, in chains, uh, you know. Uh, and I don't even want to get into that. I mean, that 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 that's just torture for years and years and years. Like I said, I'd rather have the bandage. If you're going to kill me, kill me now. You know, if I if I know I'm going, see, you know, I I, I don't know, I don't even know what to think about, uh, and I I I because I, I just don't relate to it. 
that as simple as that. I just don't relate to it. I don't. And I don't want it to sound callous. But when I hear about people that are inside of like Iranian prisons for being Christians, and I hear about how bad they want to get out of the Iranian prison and everything like that, I would I would be like on the edge of the I, – I don't know. I guess I don't have enough experience being in Iranian prisons to know what could potentially happen to you. But if there was any way I could antagonize you know, you know sing Jesus songs at the top of my lungs loud enough that they would off me, I would be like, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, I'm going to heaven. On the flip side of that, if my singing Jesus songs really, really loud resulted in them coming into my, uh, you know, uh, cell and beating me to a fruit juicy pulp every single night, I might change my mind. But somehow when you look at all of these things that are happening, and they're happening more and more and more and more, oh my, and more, every day across the entire world, and we get all up in arms because somebody had to take their Jesus Save shirt off in the mall. I really don't know what we have in front of us. All I can say is whatever it is we have to do, I pray in Jesus' name that we do it, and we do it with grace. We take on every challenge that is laid before us. We trust God with all of our heart. We deal with the agony, the pain, the sadness. Uh, We pray fervently for the people that are hurting us badly. I'm talking about really hurting us badly. Some of us are hurt more easily than others. I feel sorry for those that are like that. I really do deeply feel sorry for them. Now, see, I'm kind of callous because I've been hurt so many times. It's kind of like, oh, here we go again. You know, hit me with your best shot. (laughs) Whatever, you know, after a while, you just kind of whatever. Back up a truck, take all my stuff. I'll start all over again. I've had it happen to me. So to me, it's kind of like, you know, when I listen to other people agonizing over the things that they're going through, I'm just kind of like thinking to myself, yes, I know you're going through it. I know it hurts. I know it's a bummer. I get it. I know it. But believe me, <laughs> been there, done that. <laughs> You'll be over it. Everything will be fine. It'll just be a distant mem- memory. Praise God. But yeah, no, somebody coming in the front door of my house and saying, buddy, you're you know, kicking my right out into the street with a little duffel bag and you know, the clothes on my back, no money, nothing, you know, no access, you know, the whole whatever. Paul. I mean, I, I, I struggle with the thorns that I have in my flesh, and I do say thorns, okay? But on the other hand, wow. I, I It makes me feel guilty for struggling at all. I want to come to that place myself where I I don't struggle so much with it. You know, where I truly, truly, I mean, I well, comparatively now, I will say this testimonially, compared, if, if I am, was, if I am right now to compare January of 2023 to January of 2022, it's night and day for me. How much I trust God. Night and day. Night and day. Totally night and day. And I praise God for that. I thank you, Jesus. Um, but I don't know if I'll ever arrive. I think it's a journey. I think the mountain can get higher and higher. 
I think, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. How can we anticipate, knowing all the things that have happened to our fellow brothers and sisters and, and is happening to our fellow brothers and sisters right now, how can we anticipate, guesstimate, we can't. We can't. When we look at all of the people that we, I mean, I don't know. I will say this. I will say this. If I had to choose between this coasty, woasty, happy-go-lucky, God is taking care of me, aren't I happy, praise you, Jesus, gushing, happy, arms swirling in the air, praising the Lord, oh, I'm so well taken care of, warm and fuzzy Christian life. No matter how holy and righteous I was certain that I was, through God and through Christ's blood, I would be concerned if I wasn't dealing with problems. I would be concerned if I wasn't in some sort of refiner's fire. I, in looking at the grand scheme of all of the different places that I could be in my life, there is a sense of comfort that I have associated with knowing that I'm walking on extremely thin ice. And knowing that that ice sometimes breaks. And knowing that I see Christians everywhere, including in the Bible. Paul not only walked on that thin ice, but clearly had that ice break underneath him multiple times. And I say to myself, wow. Can you imagine Paul's rewards? I mean, I know we're not living for rewards. We do things out of love. That is our priority. That is what we pray we must be praying for. And how sad for you if you're not. I mean that with all of my heart. Nothing could be possibly worse. Can I cannot even imagine what it would be, how awful it would be to arrive in heaven and realize that I forfeited the vast majority of my rewards and inheritance. Because I did so much that was not out of love. Forget that noise. If we're going to have to walk through these this valley of the shadow of death, if we're going to have to deal with our various thorns in the flesh, then all I can say is keep my heart full of your love, Father, and teach me continuously through your anointings to trust you. No matter how unbelievable the repercussions will be, if anything, if that ice breaks, if that crackling ice that I walk on every day, that you, many of us walk on every day, breaks through, how miserable it will be in that freezing water. I don't want to think about it. And therefore, I decide and choose to trust. Am I perfect at it? No. I will say this. I'm right back in that alligator and snake rattlesnake pit that I was 
uh, you know, by turning down that job after they said the unethical things that they said to me, you know, I could have I could have worked out easily, you know, but I talked I, I, I said to the Lord, like I said, in the, you know, in my testimony, I said, Father, if you want me to open the doors that you want me to walk through, slam shut the doors, I need confirmation. All of us should seek it. A lot of it. I see continuously. I get emails. I'm not going to mention names. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. If they're listening, I don't want to hurt their feelings. But I know there are even listeners of the show that are so hungry to leave. I understand. I get it. They're not really in a bad place. They're actually in a very good place in their lives. But they're tired. They're over it. They've, you know, they've had, they're, I get it. I get it. They want to go. And they listen to prophecies. They'll listen to this, a particular prophecy. There'll be one prophecy. That one prophecy will say this. This is going to happen. And then the, the United States will be destroyed by nuclear bombs. And I'm like, not good enough for me. Not good enough for me. Because what happens is your brain... You don't, might not realize it, and you might think, oh, I'm doing it for all the right reasons. I just wanted a little bit of encouragement. I just wanted a little bit of encouragement. That's all I wanted. I just wanted a little white kitty that I could hug because I'm kind of bummed out. Well, here's the thing. It gets into your heart. If we don't look for confirmations, as a matter of fact, I have let go, but the only – no, I take that back. The only – of all the events, the prophetic events, I'll just call them prophetic, that I am that I have confirmed, all those which I embrace as being absolute, which means I had to leave a lot behind. It doesn't mean that they're not going to happen. It just means that I had to leave them behind. I had to leave them behind because I don't want to embrace any event unless it is Confirmed, 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 confirmed. I mean, I want four, five, six, seven, eight confirmations. Now, if, if, it's, if, if it's coming from fantastically trustworthy sources, then uh, because you're judging the fruit by the tree or the, or the tree by the fruit, and it's just two, one or two or three, ideally, then that's great. I love confirmations of things that have... Bible verses that support them, two or three sources of Christians over, especially when they're not in the same three or four months. You know, one of them happened in 1934, one of them happened in 1965, one of them happened in 2002, and they're all seeing the same exact thing happening. And then I can find it in the Bible on top of it all. And then I can hear the World Economic Forum talking about how they're going to make it happen. And then I get all these cross-pollinations, and I'm like, oh, yeah. That's going to happen for sure. No doubt about it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if I hear it from just negative sources, if, I, if it's only the World Economic Forum that's saying it, I'm like, no, only if God allows them. God's in control. Do I make a note of it as a likely warning that it could happen, that it might happen, that it probably might happen? Yes, absolutely. Especially when it's made up of some of the most, you know, people that carry like a trillion dollars in their you know, checking account, okay, that merits some extra attention, no doubt. But I certainly wouldn't consider it something that's definitely going to happen. The only thing that I 
of all the list of the things that I have been tracking that I'm still waiting to start to happen, I'm still waiting, is the jet, the Israeli Air Force IAF jet, shooting two tactical nukes into the base of the Ford Al facility. That is the, that's from uh, Dr. David O'Rourke, and that is the only one, the only one, that I don't have a confirmation on. Now, I do have a printed out um, headline from a major newspaper with a, I don't know, several star general, four, four star general, you know, somebody way up, size you can go, from the Israeli, retired from the uh, IDF, and publicly announcing that they know as a fact that there is no other way that they can get rid of the Fordow facility and stop the Iranian enrichment without using nuclear weapons. I do have that. That's kind of a confirmation. But other than that, it's, it's, that is the lowest level of confirmation that I have for any of the things that I track directly. Everything else, I, I just put it down on shelf number D. It's, you know, this, this stuff, if I have several confirmations from multiple sources over decades of time, and it's in the Bible, it goes on the shelf A. I know it's going to happen beyond any shadow of a doubt. What I'm befuddled by is why it is taking so long, but not so much befuddled because God doesn't care whether or not Johnny is happy. At the end of the day, you know, we would all like to think that we're, you know, I have this sign. I put these little tin signs down in my hallway to give me a smile once in a while because Lord knows we could all use a smile, right? Amen. And they, they are. They're funny. Uh, and one of them says, uh, <laughs> Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. Okay, we would all like to be Jesus's favorite, wouldn't we? But unfortunately, that isn't how the kingdom works. And fortunately, it isn't how the kingdom works. Which means that those of us who have been so blessed to have a few clothes, a few shirts, a few pants, a couple of coats, some gloves, uh, a nice temperature in our house, a bed that we can sleep in and not have rocks and red ants biting us and all these, you know, really? Not have to take that knapsack and say, hey, guys, it was so nice being with you all. God bless you. Give me another hug. Give me a holy kiss. <sighs> I got a two-month walk that I got to go on. I have no idea. But I trust God. Oh, not only do I trust God as the Apostle Paul, but I trust God. With my thorn in the flesh, too. <laughs> imagine that. Can you imagine what it must have been like to leave a particular church in a gathering of the saints? Okay, and then, you know, like, have this little knapsack and some, you know, hand-scrubbed clothes on and, and uh, probably some pretty tattered uh, sandals and maybe one or two other people walking with you. And, and you've got a three-week walk at least, which, by the way, would be a super short one because that would only be like a three-Sabbath journey, a th three-Sabbath-day journey. But th can you imagine three, just three, three weeks? Can you imagine that? 
Would it be something you would look forward to? <laughs> you know, I can tell you right now, I wouldn't look forward to it. There's no way I would look forward to it. I don't even look forward to it when, when I can't get the air conditioner to turn up high enough because I'm, you know, sometimes the air conditioner just blows so cold. I'm, I'm like, where's the thing? I got where's the thermostat. I'm freezing. I'm, you know, and, the, and I've got meetings going on and I can't get up out of my chair and I just sit there and I shiver during the meetings. And to, to me, that's annoying. It's just hard to imagine. It's just so hard for us to imagine as we look around us, as we look at our lives, as we look at the challenges, as we look at our own thorns in the flesh, how different things could be and how quickly they could become that different and how blessed we actually are. It's hard. If it's hard for me, it's got to be hard for you. And like I said, if you're going through happy-go-lucky, whoop-de-doo, running up and down the aisles with flags in your hands and all is well, I don't know about you, but I'd be wondering. I'd be concerned. I guess it really is a blessing to have a big old bag of thorns in your flesh. When you think about it, because that's what the Bible says our walk is going to be. So anything short of that, why in the world wouldn't it raise a concern? All the more reason for us to be kind of like happy that we're going through the crummy things that we're going through, right? Think about that. I mean, really, when you think about why we're here in the first place, what are you doing here on earth? Is this where you're going to hang out? Is this your goal? You want to stay here? You want to go join an LGBT LMNOP church? Paint rainbows all over your face? You see what I'm saying? I mean, really, what's the point? Our goal is to leave. Certainly we don't want to, you know, I don't know about you, but I'd prefer not to be homeless along the journey. At the time, I'm not. But really, when you consider, when you juxtapose, when you put it side by side, would I rather have a problem-free life? Because that's what we all long to have. We want to have a problem-free life. We want everything to be just okay. We want to be okay. We want to wake up and feel smiley and warm inside. Not dread what we have to face. We don't want to be worried and anxious and concerned. And really, during the end times? Are you kidding me? How far and how deep are we? And sadly, how far and how deep aren't we? A much more difficult pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, ask yourself this one question. By the way, I'm asking myself this one question as I talk into this microphone in this dark little room with three little candles lit and a chalice with a little wine and a bit of unleavened bread. Matzah. I hold my two hands in front of me and I say to myself, left hand, happy Johnny, no problems, no worries, secure job, easy job, challenging enough to make it interesting, great benefits, friends to go out and have happy hours and enjoy a little bit of time out. Whatever. Or would I rather be, you know, 
thorn in the flesh, Johnny. I'm wondering if I'm going to have a job Tuesday. Got to give them a day to fire me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? So, but you know what I mean? When I look at those two happy, furry, white kitten, huggy, bunny Johnny on the left, and boy, do I know a lot of Christians that fit that. Or Johnny that has to fight and scrap and use spiritual warfare and pray and has a big prayer list because I've got a lot of people that are depending on me to pray for them. And I have to, and I do, and, I, and, I, and I've, I'm always blessed too. But also hearing the ice continuously cracking under my feet, being robbed of that furry white kitten by an unethical statement said it just knowing that couple of hours before I talked to the individual, I said to my to, to God, Father, at least have, let them meet me at my base salary so that I got a sign from you. And, it, and it, they lowballed me immediately. It was like, boom, it couldn't have been more clearer. Thank you, Jesus. Furry white kittens, be damned. Let the furry white kittens go fall into a creek somewhere and get eaten by a gator. I praise God for my thorns in the flesh. Because you know what? If I got those thorns in the flesh, as uncomfortable as those make me, I know i got to be doing something right. Because that's what Jesus told me I would have to go through. I would be far more concerned about my eternity if I wasn't plucking those thorns out of my flesh continuously. Oh, it sounds good not to have to do it. Boy, does it ever sound good. But when you measure that against the Word of God, and the whole reason we're going through this in the first place, which would you choose? The Hebrew Kaddish. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Borei peri hagafen Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yav in Hilanu Zikaron Lemase Vereshit Ki Huyom Techila Lemikra Kodesh Zechelitiat Mitraim Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabat kodshecha, beava uvratzon, himchaltanu. Baruch atah Adonai, 
Mekadesh HaShabbat. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together.
I turn up the uh, <clears throat> the rheostat, the little control here on my mixer. Anyway, it hurts my ears, and I have to cut it back. And then I'm like, "Hey, what's wrong?" And then I'm I got to fiddle around with things until everything gets normal again. Praise God! Thank you, Jesus, Father. We just praise you. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come for you. We praise you, Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your mercy towards those who fear you. You know, Father, I fear disappointing you more, I think, than I even fear hellfire. I mean, I, I know I feel fear hellfire more, but I initially at the, at, at the surface, I feel I'm, a, I'm more afraid and concerned and disheartened and sad to disappoint, disappoint you. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he, our Father, removed our transgressions from us. As a father pitieth his children, so the Lord God pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Psalm 103:11. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Great transgression. Psalm 119.13 The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. He saves such as have a contrite spirit. Psalm 34.18 Sounds like that's what we ought to strive for, huh? That's what it sounds like to me. Philippians 3.20 Our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. No, I'm an American Christian. Our citizenship is in heaven. From which we are, which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. Enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. It sounds like a pile of fun. <laughs> Praise God. Ecclesiastes 7.14. Hallelujah. 
Behold, Jesus said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 10, verse 19. Thank you, Jesus. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Joshua 1.9 Holy Lord Jesus, we pray that you will cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, and our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. Father, Lord Jesus, we hold ourselves up, seeped in sin, trapped, as we are. We seek you first in our hearts, Father God, and your righteousness. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will forgive us of all of our sins and not remember them, as it says in Isaiah forty three twenty five, that we might contend together. Wash us clean. We plead your blood upon us, Lord Jesus. We pray for the power that has been promised us. That which we shall not and likely will never see while we walk on this earth yet is that incredible work. I don't even know how to... The things that are happening in the spiritual realm as we pray through faith are so many times a magnitude more fierce and fearsome than they would be if we were there in person. We praise your holy name. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of, blood of the Lamb of God, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, any entity of the darkness, worker of the evil one, any live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior, and at the moment that they set their wills against us or our loved ones, we decree that the holy fire of God shall shoot down from the heavens and to strike them, to burn them in the screaming and horrific agony, making an, a public example of them across all of the demonic ether and scattering the darkness in all directions, that they shall scream out in pain in Jesus' name, and that the entities of darkness will be forever in shaking in fear that they should be assigned to come against us for any reason whatsoever in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Any, any weapons, earthly or spiritual, any fiery darts, we declare in Jesus' name that they be vaporized before they even come close to us, and that the entities that launch them or raise them against us shall be struck by the holy fire of God, and that angels of war will place them under arrest, cast them into the pit, and the fire of God shall weld that pit shut. In the blood of Jesus, I'll seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. 
We exercise the rule of the victor over any demonic region that would set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor over any demonic region that would permit these spirits in or through their territory to come against us. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all of their schemes, cancellation of all of their assignments, the tearing up of all of their contracts and the name of Jesus, the fire of God to burn them in the screaming and horrific agony. Penalties applied. We cast them into the pit and we declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the horrific pain. In Jesus' name in perpetuity until the lake of fire, Gehenna. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. This time I like to use holy oil. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. We consecrate ourselves into your complete ownership, into your hands, Father God, into your complete ownership, Lord Jesus. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. We declare the abundant grace of God, the living water, the crystal river, to pour out freely all over us, to wash away all of all impurities from our body, soul, spirit, flesh, and heart. We plead the blood of Jesus on us to cleanse us with your purity continuously under open heavens. We declare that no weapon raised against us, earthly or spiritual, shall even exist, for it shall be vaporized by the fire of God at the moment that the entities even attempt to set their wills against us. We rebuke the devil and his demons, and they must flee. We cancel all demonic assignments placed against us by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, breaking all yokes of bondage and curses placed against us or our loved ones. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot on all sides in the name of Jesus, punching through the spiritual realm and wrapping itself around our prayers, wrapping itself around our praise, melting the firmament of the rock, opening the heavens in the mighty name of Jesus and merging with the glory pillar in the throne room of God in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we thank you. We are ready for all. We accept all. Let only your will be done in us and all of us in Jesus' name. We wish that no more than this, O Lord, shall, shall come upon us, Father, that we completely submit ourselves into your hands. Utter surrender. We commit our souls. We commit our spirits into your hands. Thank you, Jesus, for we love you, Father. We need to give of ourselves to you and to surrender ourselves to you without reserve and with boundless confidence, with absolute trust. In Jesus' name, we praise you and we thank you for your peace. We thank you for the cracking ice below our feet. Glory to you, Father, for you alone are worthy. Hallelujah.
careful what you ask for, you just might get it. My mom used to like to say that to me all the time. Headline just out. United States lenders are starting to go bankrupt with new mortgages that are now down 47%. Could this be just one of the factors that trigger the worst surge of failures since 2008? Keep in mind that the real estate derivatives market is now two quadrillion, quadrillion, no joke, two quadrillion dollars. That is like thousands of times worse than it was in 2008. (laughs) Mr. Shmita, Mr. Shmita, where are you now? (laughs) Praise God. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. It says right here, it says... 
And now we can add mortgage lender financial troubles and the rise and fall of non-qualified mortgages to the factors aggravating an already uncertain market. The report from the ATTOM reveals that new mortgage originators were down 47% in the third quarter of 2022 compared to the year before. That is a 19% decrease from the previous quarter and represents the biggest annual drop in 21 years. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the General Assembly, the Congress, and Church of the Firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all. You know, I wonder, it says firstborn here. So what are the secondborn and the thirdborn? Why firstborn? Hmm. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator, which is a lawyer or an advocate of the new covenant, and to the blood of of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Praise God. Nehemiah 1.5. He's praying to our Father. He says, Your covenant and mercy to those who love you and observe your commandments. Please, let your ear be attentive. Let your eyes be open. That you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you both now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants. I confess of their sins, the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you, Father, and have not kept your commandments, statutes, or the ordinances of which you've commanded your servant Moses. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ooh. So we've definitely entered into Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But what does it mean when you don't dwell in the secret place of the Most High? See, it's... it's, So, I could just, like, recite this, or I could meditate upon it. If I was to meditate upon this, what I would do is I would take Psalm 91.1 and I would say, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But he who does not dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall not abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. 
Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous COVID vaccination and diseases that are being released upon the world. Oh, no, it's his pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will take refuge. His truth, which would be Jesus, shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Well, we haven't even got to that part yet. At least not, not in this country. Nor of the missiles that fly through the sky by day. I'm sorry, it said arrow. Was it? Is it a missile? Is it an arrow? Nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness. No. Sounds like World War Z to me. But they weren't walking. They weren't running a lot. Nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. I wonder if the people over in um, Bakhmut right now are reading this. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand. Boy, that surely seems appropriately worded given the reports that we're seeing coming out on the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the deaths that are related to myoc- myocarditis and what, a thousand other things that they don't bother to mention. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. It also says that it, a thousand may fall at our at our side, ten thousand at our right hand, but it will not come near us. Wow. Because you have made the Lord, who is your refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Wait a minute, that's a callback. Verse 9 of Psalm 91 refers to verse 1 of Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Go to verse 9. Because you have made the Lord, who is, our, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. There you go. No evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Hmm. Well, look at there. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. I think that that is a metaphor for protecting us so that we're able to serve God. And if we're not serving God, I'm not. I just, I just, I question whether or not those who are not serving God would be afforded this level of protection. Praise God that you have set your love upon. We have set our love upon you, Father God, and we know that you will deliver us. We have set our love upon you, Father God, that you will set us up high because we know your name. We shall call upon you and you will answer. 
We will be in him in trouble. Deliver him and honor him. We know that you will do all these things for us with a long life to satisfy us and to show us our salvation. Father, could we amend this and add the blessing of getting to come home soon to, in Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Hallelujah. And so be it. Amen. Praise your name. Lord, let's 
Praise God. I'm going to pull out my, some of them I've already read, my um, big old stack of three by five cards. I decided I was going <clears> to, <throat> you know, I got myself one of those laminators. And um, so I would handwrite, you know, and then I could carry them around with me. Um, praise God, I'm going to read some of these. Some, You know, the problem is I, I always thought that I would... Um, be able to have like a little stack of my favorite scriptures, but um, I uh, discovered pretty quickly that I, <laughs> I had too many favorite scriptures. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, the stack kept getting bigger and bigger, and the laminator kept coming out <laughs> more and more. And then after the stack of laminated three by fives got to be like, looks like it's about a well, it's a good solid inch and a half probably thick. That's when I pinch it together. Praise God. I share some of these with him. Actually, you know, the uh, the uh, prayer vigil show notes are discussed with every time I ever find a scripture that I like or even a um, passage from a scripture, you know, a chapter or whatever, I'll stick it in the um, I'll frequently, not always, uh, stick it in the uh, show notes for the prayer vigil. <clears throat> But these were the, some of the ones that I um, actually went to the trouble of handwriting and then, um, you know, laminating with the laminator. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's kind of a pain. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, it wasn't just like I folded a piece of plastic over the top of it. I actually broke out the five mil laminator and ran them through it and then cut them all and, you know, all that fussing and stuff. So I guess I like them pretty much. When I lost my phone over Christmas... <clears throat> because it just stopped working completely. I also sadly lost this, you know, unless I, I think I'm going to break it apart because I, I don't want to get into all the if, ands, and buts, but the bottom line is there's an SD card, a micro SD card in there that I think has scriptures <laughs> that belong to this little app that I had called Cardboard and allows you to make these little digital, uh, you know, it's just on your screen of your phone, little three by five cards. And I've been tucking um, fa scripture favorites into that app now for, wow, uh, seven, eight, nine, seven, probably seven or eight years. And um, boy, do I got a lot in there. Well, anyway, <laughs> when the phone stopped working, um, the SD card, the micro SD card is stuck in the phone. So I'm going to have to get tough with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I want my I want my cards, I want my scriptures. But anyway, I'll share some of these with you. Praise God, these are awesome. They're all awesome. All of them are. So many of them. At, uh, at one point, <clears throat> I got a. Uh, I know what I would like to find, but I, I search and I search and I search and I never find it. If you find it, please let me know about it. But if you can find a leather bound, soft leather bound, um, I don't want a hard, I don't want a hard cover. Um, soft leather bound, um, parallel, uh, New King James NLT. I don't believe it exists. I have tried everything to find one. I just don't think it exists. So instead, I de 
as an alternative, uh, I go New King James Parallel Amplified, which is pretty good. And then I like to use those gold embossed, um, <clears throat> you know, book separators, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you know, that kind of thing. And I, just because I want to be able to get to where I want to get to real fast. I don't want to flip. I don't want to flip pages. I'm a digital person. And then I go on this adventure where I think that I'm going to go in and highlight, you know, with, you know, if you get a proper highlighter, there's certain highlighters that work really good with super thin Bible paper, and there are regular highlighters that don't work very good at all. They bleed through the paper and just make a mess of things. But they have these ones that are like pastel. Yeah, I like to use those. And then, of course, I, I like to use with not only with the highlighter, but also with the, um, the little post-it notes with the arrows. They're like it's what they it's what secretaries like to use to put on a stack of papers when, you know, the executive has to sign here, sign here, you know, and they have like red, yellow, whatever, like five different colors or whatever. And then, of course, I use those to point to the scripture. And then I go on these adventures where I've decided I'm going to take all of my favorite scriptures from all the different books of the Bible after I put the little golden tabs in there. And I and man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, boy, that is a that's an adventure. Yeah, I don't think it can ever be in my world. It can't be accomplished. I mean, maybe it can if given enough years and enough spare time and all that kind of stuff. But that's a big if. All right, praise God. So starting out, I'm, this is just random, by the way. I didn't like shuffle them or anything. It just they were just sitting here on the on top of the uh, one of the gizmos. Um, Psalm forty. I'm sorry. Psalm four, verse eight. And p- this is a good one for us to be able to recite to ourselves or to pray to pray. You know, lift it up and use as a prayer to God uh, for those of us who are struggling with sleep. There's a lot of people struggling with sleep. I'm a little bit of a sleep expert. Um, and you might say that's kind of crazy and everything, but I've been through it all. CPAP machines, you name it. Read gazillions of articles, herbal supplements, the whole thing. <clears throat> anyway, praise God. This is a great scripture for sleep. It says, in peace, I will both lie down alone. I'm sorry. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you. Lord, alone, make me dwell in safety and confident trust. There's that word again, trust. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because you trust him. You know, so many times, oh man, I used to roll around in my bed. You know, that scripture that talk, you know, it says that I swim in my sheets all night long, you know. It's talking about sweating and you, you know, in bed because you're so freaked out and, you know, and you got anxiety all the time. That used to be me. Now it's more like if I have something that's bothering me, I really, really focus on the face of Jesus. And I just talk to the Father. I talk to the Lord. And I'm like, "Lord, and you know, you know, um, you know how, like, when we—it says in First John one nine—if we confess of our sins, our Father is faithful and just to con- con- to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 
Now you know there's life and death and the power and the power and the power, 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 power in the blood, power in the tongue, power in the tongue, power in the tongue. There's power in the tongue. Life and death power in the tongue. Wow. That's eternal death, by the way. Hellfire death. In other words, you can end up sending somebody to hell because you have a snippety tongue. God does not like that, by the way. You'll hear about that if you make it at all. That's that's an offense that God especially dislikes. It won't be easy to get past the beam of judgment seated if you're guilty of that stuff. Um, yeah, this is amazing because it's got that golden word trust in it. I wonder how many of these have the word trust in it that I didn't even notice. Then, of course, there's uh, Nehemiah's prayer for favor. I love this. I also like that it's Nehemiah 111. It makes it easy to remember the chapter and verse. 111. It would be better if it was 1111, but it, 111 works. Oh, Lord, I prayed, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant. And to the, I wonder how many times we don't say that to our Father. What do you suppose Nehemiah we would say that all the time? Incline thine ear. Let your ear be attentive. Listen to what I have to say. Please do not delay. Why was Daniel like that too? How come we don't do that more often? Do you think maybe it bumped them up a couple of notches ahead of the line? I do. Got to be a reason why they did it. And to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day, I pray. Grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And then he goes on to say, For I was the cup bearer of the king. He just didn't want to upset the king. What a great prayer to pray when you know that you're going into the workplace. It's a it's a war zone. People are getting laid off. Reorganization. You know, Proverbs 15, verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even of his enemies to be at peace with him. Proverbs 21, 2, is it? Um, praise God. Uh, I'm going to keep on going through these because I love to. Isaiah 26, 9. This one's powerful. So this is like one of the most important scriptures in the whole Bible, especially for today's day, for today, for today. This is for the days that we're in right now. Even if even if even if we all die, you know, an earthly death waiting, which, of course, doesn't sound very appealing. But um, nevertheless, it's still a very, very important scripture because it explains so much. Isaiah 26, 9, for when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Psalm 119, 62, related. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. We're supposed to be praising God when the meteors are falling. Why do you suppose that is? You think souls are being saved? I do. That's what my Bible says. 
Psalm 119.62, at midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. Didn't I just say that one? Yeah, I did. I wrote it down twice. Must really like that one. Psalm 119, verse 164. Seven times a day I will praise you because of your righteous judgments. Only seven? That's kind of lazy. I'm just joking. Praise God. Um, oh, Kings 22.19. I really love this. First Kings 22.19. This is one of my favorite ones. I ran out of space on the card. I had to actually use part of the back of the card. It's the one about Micaiah. Micaiah said, therefore, hear the voice of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. And and all the hosts, it said, the hosts of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And some spoke, some spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward. Kind of sounds like Casper the Friendly Ghost, right? No, no, no. It's just all. It's just another name for a minor god, a light being. But what we are, what we are, we're just trapped in the flesh body until we, you know, pay our dues, <laughs> right? Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, Hi, I'm Casper, the friendly ghost. <laughs> oh, praise God. Translations, aren't they fun? Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, In what way? And so he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And the Lord said, You shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Hmm. You know, you could do three-hour show on just that one passage. Proves that God doesn't micromanage us, doesn't it? What does he? What does he even have conversations with all of these spirit beings, minor gods, little gods, Yahweh, Hell, God of gods? Praise God, James. I'm sorry, John fifteen sixteen. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you and ordained you. See, the word appointed means ordained. Some translations just go right to, to the word ordained, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask in my name shall be given you. Wow. Oh, here's, here's the, uh, <laughs> the Lord told me that I was impetuous. I knew he was trying to, but anyway, long story short, I actually printed out the definition of impetuous because, you know, the Lord was saying that, hey, John, you're impetuous. You need to get your act together. Acting um, acting or done quickly without thought or care, um, impulsive, rash, hasty, reckless, heedless, foolhardy, um, uh, incautious, imprudent, injudicious, uh, ill-conceived, ill-considered, unplanned, unreasoned, unthinkable. Um, yeah, yeah. Very quick, you know, impetuous. And don't think things over. I get upset about things before I think them over very well. You know, like, would I rather be on the left hand, a furry white bunny and happy-go-lucky kitty and happy, happy joy, joy, or would I rather be in the right hand and know that I'm where God said we would be if we're going to make it into heaven? I think the right hand's the right hand. I think the right hand is the right hand. <laughs> Psalm thirty-four, seventeen. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears 
and delivers them out of all their distress and troubles. Hmm. It's not expected to happen the same day. Do like Nehemiah did and say, incline thine ear. Lord, listen and hear. Do, do not delay. Listen. In the name of Jesus. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I'm feeling like led to press the button. Like, Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> it's on a totally different track. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. John 9, 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. The night um, the night is coming when no one can work. Ooh, that's a scary one. I don't like that one. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that we are not going to be here for that day. Let us leave before then. Actually, when you look at all of the events that surround the barley harvest, it certainly it clearly, clearly indicates that uh, it will not be then, that the barley harvest will occur before that day, whatever that day is. Most likely it's after the day of the Lord, which would be after the wheat harvest. First John 4, 7, because as he is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Romans thirteen fourteen. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. The word put on is in duo, which means like sinking into a garment. Praise God. Isaiah forty one ten. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Our Heavenly Father is right-handed, obviously. Not that I think that really matters all that much. I'm just, I find that very interesting. It's always his right hand. Psalm 139, 1 through 3. This is awesome. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all of my ways. I am the eye in the sky. Looking at you, I can see everything you do. Romans twelve seventeen, Repay no one evil for evil. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, hmm. but rather give place. Ah, uh, but rather give place. I had to have written this wrong. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to oh give give place to wrath. In other words, let it go, for it is written, "Vengeance is mine, and I will repay," says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. If he's carrying a giant bottle of Jack Daniels with him, give him a glass. <laughs> no, I don't know. What do you do in that case? I have. I seem to have, I feel like I have that problem with a couple of people. Um, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Now that's pretty straightforward. I love that. First Timothy 3.16, I read this one all the time. God was manifested in the flesh. This is what I call the um, 
Jehovah's Witness verse. You know, because they get confused about, oh, Jesus is the, the brother of Satan and yada yada and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, no, First Timothy 3.16 puts it takes the fire out of that one real fast. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst, amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world and received up in the glory. Proverbs 19.3, when a man's ways please the Lord, I'm sorry, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Wow. Not mine. I always blame myself. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Revelation 22.11, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. It kind of sounds like, you know, like the Lord is making a proclamation at that point, just kind of saying, whatever will be, will be, and here I come, ready or not. Praise God. Daniel 10:13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left above uh, alone there with the king of Persia, said the angel. Ooh. Sounds like I was, went through a lot of trouble. He did Michael to come and bail him out. Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report, we read this one all the time. If there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Well, we know. I mean, if you know, that's why you got to read books about heaven. Praise God. James 4.17, this one's very convicting. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. Ah, fiddle-faddle. Now i got to take a note. Oh, one of those guys that comes around here to do work. He did a naughty, naughty, naughty thing, and I told him I didn't want him coming around anymore. And I know he's he's trying to be all nice to me because he's run out of money, and now all of a sudden he's friendly. Um, but that's all right. I gotta still tell him he's you're forgiven, but don't come around. I forgive you. I love you. I'm praying for you, but don't come here. Please don't come. Or I'll say, or I'll, or I'll, what I'll do is I'll probably just say, I'll let him know I forgive him, that everything is fine, don't worry, I'll let you know if I need your help again. But just leave it at that. Hold on a second here, let me make a note. Call Mikey. Oh. He also went and took a bunch of my gasoline, front, so I don't have any good gas for my um, generators. For his big honking truck that he wrecked into somebody and now he can't drive. Oh, well. Praise God. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He, he who does not take up his cross and follow after me, at least up until the point that you get really squared, scared and you got to grab your gun and protect your kids, is not worthy of me. Oops, I'm sorry. How did that get in there? No, it's not there. It says you got to take up your cross and follow after him all the way to where, 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 wait a minute, where did he go with the cross? <laughs> I just had a moment where I, 
I could have said something about a Christian and one of the things they do for a living. Yes, Jesus took his cross to your shop. <laughs> but I'm not allowed. Oh, Psalm 91. I wrote the whole thing here on a card. Praise God. I'm going to read that again. Oh, yeah, Isaiah 57.1, awesome. The righteous perishes, but no one takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away from the earth, while no one considers that the righteous are taken away from evil. Wait a minute, the whole earth is evil, and that would be away from the earth, which means that they're going to heaven. That's cool. We should all get, like, Isaiah 57.1 shirts. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Psalm 116, verse 15. Oh, one of my favorite, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. But let a man examine himself. Then you have to cut out the part about where Paul's spanking him for drinking too much wine during uh, communion. Because you, otherwise you, you lose the gist. You lose what he's trying to say because it's applicable to all behaviors. Let a man examine himself. For this reason, many are sick and weak amongst you. Some of you are dead because you haven't been examining yourselves. Wow. Imagine that. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But, what, but, but, but when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. So basically, God will take you out behind the barn, and hopefully you'll wake up after the whooping. Praise God, there's so many of these that are just absolutely awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I could keep on going forever and ever. I love the scriptures. Glory to God. I love the scriptures, and I really, really love to to like ask the hard questions while I'm reading it. I think that's what God always intended. This contextual-based satanic nonsense that churchianity subscribes to never teaches them anything. That's why they're basically impotent for the most part. They're great they're great for the um for the uh uh you know uh teen challenge folks, you know, the baby Christians. It's great because they hear all the good news and they get to jump around and, hey, maybe some of them give their lives to Jesus. But, you know, hopefully they're taught a little bit more than that. Oftentimes they're not. And that's sad. Praise God. Anyway, Father, we just praise you for this opportunity again. Thank you so much. Thank you for for helping us to understand why it's so good to have a pile of thorns in our hands. May we be scratched and bleeding from the Bougainvillea in our backyards as a reminder of how wonderful those thorns are. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Let us never go through life taking you for granted and always hungry to trust you even more. In Jesus' name. We enter into communion. Disciples were seated about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said. 
said I'd eagerly yearn for this supper And that you'd suffer so we children could be fed I can only imagine the silence in the room As you passed on the bread to be told They did not understand the reach of his plan In his love we were told to rejoice not to mourn So we gathered from memory the glory of the Lamb The one who was slain for the seed of Abraham As we long for your coming We imagine the feast, the king and his bride When our waiting has ceased It was done, you had covered the cross, and I can only imagine the thunderous sound as the heaven exploded in chains. We were freed from our chains, now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather remembering the of our soul, destroyer of death. All is revealed By the time we remember All scars will be healed As we learn for your coming We imagine the feast The Lord and his bride When our waiting has ceased
you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, and bearing one another, with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. 1 Peter 2.9, Colossians 3.12, Philippians 4.8. He, Jesus, went a little further, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it is all possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up in the glory. 1 Timothy 3, 16. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Father, have mercy upon us. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, please blot out, blot out all our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. We don't deny we've done it, Father. Our sin is always before us. Against you and you only we've sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part you will make us to know your wisdom. 
purge us with hyssop, Father God, and we shall be clean. Wash us. Make us whiter than snow. Father, help us to feel in our hearts joy and gladness that we're not living the furry white kitty huggy bunny lines, but we're living the thorn in the flesh bones that you have broken may rejoice lives. Hide your face from our sin and blot out all of our iniquity creating in us a clean heart so that we become Titus 1 verse 15 to the pure all things are pure renew in us a steadfast spirit one that can't be shaken by anything do not cast us away from your presence do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Let us not grieve the Holy Spirit. Father, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Protect us from the evil one. Restore to us, Father, the joy that we ought to have in our hearts. Just to even imagine the glory of your salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Uphold us with your generous spirit. And then we will do the best we can to stand on the holy ground that you lay before us as you bring people to us that we can touch with the love that you have given us through your presence in our heart. Deliver us, Father, we pray, from the guilt of our past sin. And then... We shall sing aloud and praise you for your awesome righteousness. Thank you, Father. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. Receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that on the same night, on the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Badodi, Badodi Lee.
I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine.
sons of God. We are the masters of the devil. We are the servants and foot washers of mankind. Ezekiel 22.30 Our father sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. But father, we heard your voice saying, whom shall I send who will go for us? And we said, here we are, Father, Son does. Isaiah 6, 8. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us work together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Let us contend together. Contend, contending together and working together are very similar in nature, except contending together implies that there's a little bit of back and forth. Well, I say this, but I would ask you to consider this. But I say that, but I would ask you to consider this. It's kind of like, you know, Moses. and It's, just, it's what God wants us to do with him. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Most assuredly, I say to you that he, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go under the Father. 
And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Keywords. They ripple harmoniously across the entire body of the Word of God, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The power that works in us. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of the sound mind. Through our love, we have power. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the muddiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon says, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Dewell, Mighty Prevailing Prayer. James 5.16b, the effective fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity, impassioned, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervent, and heartfelt. We cast out demons. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And if they take up, they will take up servants. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Mark 16, 17 to 18. I wonder if we have to do every single one of these things. Or we can just do some of them. It's not clear about that. Praise the Lord for that. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not earthly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds every and casting down every high thing. High. I love that word high. Because it's just simply talking about the spiritual realm where the demons reside. That exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and we wrestle against powers. We wrestle against rulers of darkness of this age. We wrestle against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Ever watch a wrestling match? So boring, you just want to go to sleep. They just lay on opposite sides of the mat and they just snooze. They snore. It's like a big snoring contest. (laughs) No, it's not. Luke 10, verse 19, again, awesome scripture. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Remember the story in the book, he came to set the captives free and how Elaine was leading that group of very, very um, powerful, satanic high priests, high priestesses, whatever, and they were going to kill these Christians in the home. Remember that? But as they came up on the house to kill them, 
they met up with these angels, special angels that, that they called, they gave them a nickname. They called them link angels because they would stand arm and, you know, they would link their arms together. And they formed a big giant circle all the way around the house. Big tall angels. And they tried everything they could to break through the angels, these link angels. And they had used all kinds of powers, you know, uh, you know, spiritual weapons. We, it's real warfare. I mean, it's really, you know, it's 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 the real things, more real than what we think of. You know, when we when we read about it, we don't tend to think of it as being real warfare, but these are real weapons, and they fight with each other, and they were pummeling them and smashing against them. But everything they tried to do, they just ended up falling backwards humiliated. The link angels were completely unshook and they, they, you know, it was like to them it was like nothing. It was like an it was like a gnat buzzing by them. And then one one of the link angels said to Elaine, the head high priestess, she later gave her life to Christ. Said, "Why won't you give your life to Jesus? He loves you." Because they had all been told by Satan that Jesus Christ was the enemy. They found out later that the um, the people in the house were rescuing um, victims of the various witch covens in the area and uh, bringing them to the love of Christ. Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And Jesus saw the people come running together. Keywords, hallelujah, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Matthew 12:28 Jesus said, "But if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house?" his body and plunder his goods, the demons, unless he first binds the strong man, the head demon, and then he will plunder his house. We got to get rid of the strong man. Then we go after the subordinate spirits. Praise God. Got to remember that when we're praying. Why would you want to put all that effort into things? You know, spiritual warfare, it's interesting. You know, there was a book number two that was written by uh, Rebecca M. Brown, M.D., also the, the author of the first book, uh, He Came to Set the Captives Free. She wrote in there, correctly so, that when a person uh, spends time, you know, in spiritual warfare, that um, that that it drains, there's power in our power in us through Christ that is drained from our body. Very similar like when that woman said, oh, if I could only touch his robe, I would be healed. And she touched him and Jesus was like, I could feel the power coming out of me. Who was that that touched me? Like that. Happens to us, too. And it explains in there that we need to, you know, if we're doing a lot of spiritual warfare, we should be eating a, a diet that is high in meats and eggs. Isn't it interesting that the Satanic World Economic Forum and all the global Satanic Crime Syndicate is doing everything that they can to remove all proteins except the teeny weeny little bitty, bitty, bitty bit that's inside of the, the, the uh, fruits and vegetables? Isn't that fascinating that they're going after that? 
Hmm. Not to me, it isn't. It's like so obvious. It's amazing. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, and so many wonderful courts of heaven scriptures. It's just gushing with awesomeness. The whole Bible is just gushing with awesomeness. Oh, I can't. I just cannot recommend more strongly. Put away that silly old, you know, scriptural study guide that you're using, and just, just grab a hold of your Bible and just hammer away at the New Testament over and over and over and over again. If you haven't read every one of the epistles at least five times, you you're just not there yet. You really got to have your, your foundation in the New Testament has got to be unimpeachable. You've got to be body slammed with the New Testament, absolutely overflowing in it. Because it, it is the foundation. It's the new covenant. It is. It supersedes the old. Don't get me wrong. What will happen is then, when you go to the stuff that's in the Old Testament, you're going to have constant aha moments. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look at this. This 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 lines up beautifully, like Psalm 139.16 lines up beautifully with Ephesians 2.10. But if you, if you didn't dwell in the New Testament, if you didn't submerge yourself in the New Testament, the New Covenant, the New Covenant with our Advocate, Jesus, the Mediator, the Advocate, the Lawyer, or the New Covenant... Oh my gosh, wow, it is just amazing. Everything falls together. There, there, and, and then when you remember that the Bible's talking about eternity just as much as it's talking about, you know, and sometimes it's talking about eternity an awful lot more than it's talking about on earth. Every single time you read a scripture, you should ask yourself the question, is this eternal in scope? Is this heavenly in scope? Is this talking about heaven? Then, naturally, it's also talking about eternal, eternity. So many scriptures people pass over and they just don't see the eternal, the, the eternalness of its references. You know, the, the scripture that I told you about before, you know, where, G, where, it's, where, you know, that we're supposed to, you know, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you got. Give it to the poor um, and take up your cross and follow after me. And, and oh, there's so many others. I, could, I just go on and on and on. But we don't have time. Thank you, Jesus. Three hours is our limit. Sometimes I don't even make it that long, especially if i am got some sort of strange uh, WEF sickness that's just been released or whatever. It was just a flow. I'm just so unaccustomed to having any kind of sickness, any kind of flu, any kind of a sniffle that I was just, uh, you know. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our golden bowls. Father, we know bowls are all over. Bowls are all over the scriptures. Cops are all over the scriptures. This is one we're holding up before you, Father, because we are asking you to pour out a cup of forgiveness upon all the peoples of the lands of Africa. From the north to the south to the east to the west, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, we pray that you will forgive the good and the bad, as it says in Matthew 22. Forgive them, Father. For as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, and as Daniel did in chapter 9, 24, 
We confess of their sins before you, Father, as a royal priesthood. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea. In Jesus' name, for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely upon all of the lands of Africa. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of Africa, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by his blood, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces, we declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in a screaming agony, making a public spectacle of you in accordance with Colossians 2.15, in Jesus' name. And we declare and decree in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, Hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels and archangels to follow, to enter into the spiritual realm and to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost across all of the lands of Africa, we come against you in Jesus' name. Strongmen, come forth. Subordinate spirits, come out now. In the name of Jesus, we decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to swarm upon you, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shot. We decree the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony, making a public example of you to all the other demons of darkness that have disobeyed the Lord Jesus Christ in us. We plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare your holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate on all sides that entirely envelope every single man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue across all of the lands and countries of Africa in Jesus' name. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus Christ, the crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace to flow deep into the hearts of all of those across the lands of Africa, the good and the bad, in Jesus' name, to enter into their hearts and to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen in Jesus' name. Father, we plead and we pray in Jesus' name, that your will be done. And we know that you would want not one to perish. And the more people that are praising you and giving you glory in heaven, the more you will be lifted up on high. And it shall glorify you, Father, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, in accordance with your will, that you will send an innumerable company of angels of light and love and the presence of our Lord Jesus upon all of the peoples of the lands 
of Africa, from Morocco to Egypt to uh, to uh, Namibia to Nigeria to Johannesburg, all the way to Ghana, uh, to the Ivory Coast, to the Democratic Republic of the Congo, to Rwanda, to Idri Island, Father God, to all of the lands across all of the uh, all of Africa, to to uh, yes, of course, Sierra Leone and to Liberia. Oh, Lord, the underprivileged there. It's just so horrible. Send your angels in the name of Jesus, Father God, to touch the people that are so terribly burdened by by the demons of darkness that absolutely overwhelm the lands of Liberia. It's just so horrible. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your angels of mercy and war will descend upon these lands, conquer the demons of darkness, war against them, open up opportunities, Father God, send down myriads and an innumerable company in Jesus' name. And, oh, Lord Jesus, we pray, deep in the night, that you will reach out your hand and call them by their name, that they will know you, We know that you know them and that millions will be called, millions will be chosen to glorify you, Father, forever and ever, we pray, amen. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing.
Like those five wise virgins we will be Your bride awaits thee patiently Longing for that blessed sound The dead will rise The churches gather We're praying that we're worthy, Lord To join our family When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure and while we wait we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure until you come back for your bride to set it free.